We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys. It's Watt Harris here, another Panther Rants podcast. Uh, let's see, it's Thursday. Day before Friday, but for me, my week isn't over because I'm on call and I got work after hours tonight and party tomorrow and the rest of the weekend trying to get these freaking uh, deployments done as we're upgrading. Basically, where I work is we're upgrading all areas of radiology whole new system in place and so we're getting all the hardware done and then hopefully software comes last but in my case we you know testing could have been done a lot more thoroughly and that's the problem we don't with testing anything out is it's done done thoroughly enough and you really what you should do is take in real world situations and which, which is what some people don't when they consider testing. They just make some shit up where, where you're like, hey, it's, it worked fine here, so it's going to work out there. And my luck, not a damn thing has gone my way at all. So I'm leaving now because I'm Houston's so spread out that pretty much where they have me doing this crap is just so out of the way. And um, I'm leaving now because I have to go all the way across town to get a birthday cake. Because yesterday I was stuck here and it took me forever to get home. And then, of course, once I got home, I had to run all the way out to Energy Stadium to do this Disney on Ice stuff. Which, you know, was pretty good. Kids had a great time and the seats I bought were really well. I mean, they were on, they were on floor level. My only regret was my only regret was the splurging on the front row seats for eighty bucks a piece. I mean, I was on floor level, but if it, only a few rows back was half it was half that price. So I was trying to be a little more sensible, but oh well, whatever. Kids and kids had a great time. No, really, a lot matters. And of course, you know, you have to buy the, the drinks and the snow cones they sell, and everything's in a souvenir cup. It's a special cup. And you gotta pay freaking sixteen dollars for a snow cone. Yep. The crap that you buy probably for two dollars a cup at the uh, vendor. Yeah, you're you're spending sixteen at a freaking Disney event. But it was for my daughter's birthday, so in the end, I guess it was worth it because she had a great time. All right, so. We have the spring game coming up, and it's on, I believe, Saturday. Yeah, because uh, tomorrow's the 13th, you know, 
Friday the 13th, Jason and Tamil. We have this. And of course, but the format is, you know, two guys, two players, two captains, pick teams, pick players. You know, it's the format that, you know, Mr. Narduzzi seems to like. And, you know, I haven't really put much emphasis on it because the pit basketball, whole, the whole pit basketball crap is more interesting. And I really don't put too much drama, too much, uh, not drama, too much stock in the spring games at all. Really, it's just a, um, it's just for these guys, it's the progress to see where they've been, where, how, you know, how they've been progressing and then what they need to work on for the summer. And, you know, the whole festivity thing is for the fans, of course, to go see their guys play. And for some schools, it's a bragging right. So, if you have, you know, a certain, you know, fan base who has, you know, small penis syndrome, they get to brag about how large their, how large their attendance is. We got 80000 for our spring game. What did you get? Well, who cares? For Pitt, I mean... People show up, they show up. I care more about donations and raising money. Which is what I hope Pitt is trying to do. And I'm sure... If you can bring money into that luck program where it doesn't require you a spring game to do it, I'm sure it's not that big of a deal. But the great thing is, is West Virginia can't can't bitch about our tents this year because they didn't have a spring game because of weather. And, of course, they were worried about nobody showing up to their spring game because of weather. So rather than avoid being made fun of or poked fun of, they just canceled. Because, you know, snowy middle of April is going to be so disasterful. Well, it depends on the weather, okay? If it's been warm the last few days, chances are the snow is really not going to lay too, too bad. And if anything, you got glorified rain. But, uh, yeah, they don't, get to, they don't get to brag about their attendance this year because, you know, they're a little bitch about ours like they always do. Ooh, nobody showed up the Pitt spring game. Look at that. Ooh. I mean, like, I mean, West Virginia and Penn State fans pretty much, every time they see an empty uh, Heinz Field, they, they get a little make they get a little makeout session between the both of them. You know, it's, I mean, uh, an empty Heinz Field is a... It's pretty much Viagra to them. You know, it's an aphrodisiac. They get horny over it. But as far as the spring game goes for Pitt, what's there to look out for? I mean, for one thing, I'm not sure how the game plan is going to be because I really haven't read up on it too much, but I'm sure if, if it's like... Previous years, the game plan will probably be vanilla. 
because you know Penner Ducey doesn't like to reveal too much about what his team's doing. You know, he tries to keep a vanilla against one double A teams, but of course when we played Youngstown State this past year, I think it was Youngstown, yeah. It didn't matter if he kept a vanilla or not. Our offense was so bad. It wouldn't have made no difference. You wouldn't be able to tell. And you know, of course, half of the you know half of the receiving corps for Pitt is depleted because they're with due to injuries. So you you won't see much there. No uh, shocky jockey. No Aaron. You know, no Aaron Matthews. But you got Rafael Reyes Lopez. He's the he's the link receiver and returning player coming back from the corpse. Trey Tipton, obviously, is coming back from injury. You got Ruben Flowers, of course. He's back. And he has, obviously, a lot of potential. Now, you know, you also have Kenny Pickett, who's going to be throwing the ball to them. Of course, it's good to see at least, you know, Pitt has a, uh, an actual quarterback they've settled on. Because I wasn't too crazy about Max Brown. I wasn't sold on him this time around. And I said, you know, Pitt should not be too you know, sold on him because we don't know what his uh, body work is. All we know is he got, he lost his job to a uh, redshirt freshman in uh, Sam Darnold. So, right there's a red flag. I mean, Whatever we saw, whatever happened that with Brown at USC, obviously relatively hit a pit, and then of course by the time he actually got himself into a rhythm, he got hurt. And of course he bounced around with with uh, dealing with uh, Ben Denucci, and I was high on him in the beginning, but of course. obviously had issues uh, reading coverages so he gets uh, removed and Kenny Pickett takes his place and Kenny obviously started to come on and really as far as Kenny goes we don't have much to go on with him just the Miami game for the most part and the Virginia Tech game so, which really helps Pitt in the grand scheme of things because teams don't have much game film on Pickett, so they can't really, you don't know what he's going to be able to do. I'm sure Pitt's going to keep it that way too for the spring game. You know. But obviously Pickett, when he came in for the Miami game, he turned lots of heads, and of course, people on Twitter started to take notice, even some you know, prominent you know, NFL people, some scouts. They liked them. And I'm sure they want to see more of them, but he's going to need guys to throw the ball to, and of course, these guys need to step up. So, We'll see what happens. Not to mention, you know, other areas to watch. I mean, offensive line is one because we have a tow overhaul there going. 
not to mention new offensive line coach. Because pretty much half of the, uh, pretty much all the offensive line is gone, maybe except for like one or two, one player. So new personnel, new coach. Running back, we're fine. <coughs> Excuse me. Because um, we got Darren Hall and Olson. I'm surprised Olson's still here. I figured he would have transferred out, but he's sticking with it. You know, Chris Clark left for personal reasons, so we have to, we get to see who steps in on that role, if anything at all, because we're definitely going to need a tight end. One thing, George Aston's back, and George Aston made a lot of a lot of big plays for Pitt two years ago and you could say that Pitt probably missed him because he was such a good guy to use he was a good utility guy they could do anything with him give the ball to him throw the ball to him so that's a good thing he's coming back because Pitt I think missed him he was a wrinkle in their offensive game plan that they were no longer able to use so having back is awesome. Defensively, you know, we got Paris Ford. He's the guy to watch. Obviously, he's watched some people. The secondary, you want to take, you want to definitely take a look at because they're supposed to be they're a lot they're going to be more deeper, more experienced. They've gotten a lot better. They weren't bad. They weren't too bad last year. Now, to start off the season, they were atrocious. But they got better. And they got better because, basically, the offense was at least starting to move the ball better. And, you know, the defense as a whole got better towards them because they actually had a quarterback who, um, you know, could move the ball and keep them off the field, you know, give them a break because uh, they were spending too much time on that football field is what it was. And so when you're getting back out there because the offense sucks, eventually you're going to say the hell of it. We're done defending. You know, the linebacking corps has gone a lot, got a lot better as well. So you know, your back seven, your secondary, your linebackers are what to watch. Of course, that whole, that whole unit in general is going to be good. So, I wouldn't factor the scoring too much. I remember we. I remember the 2003 was it when uh, we had the spring game and Larry Fitzgerald all the pit offense wild everybody. We just didn't realize how bad the defense was going to be, you know, when that, when that team took the field. It was mostly their uh, their defensive line and parts of their uh, you know linebacker corps had just deficiencies. Because uh, you know on the defensive line, nothing lab that year. 2002, they lost some key players. 
Not to mention some graduated. You know, Gerald Hayes, you know, Brian Guzik. And I thought Guzik could have been a NFL, could have played in the pros, but he wanted to be an engineer instead. So, well, maybe with all this crap about all the CT stuff going on, maybe he made the right choice. I mean, I've seen down here in Houston, there was a player from Rice who did the same thing. He forgot he forgot his final year final year of eligibility just to um, go do an internship for an oil and gas company where he was going to make over hundred grand a year. I mean, think uh, think about that. I'm sure he had no aspirations to play in the pros, and I don't think he was going was pro material. But he, he was in a position where he um, could leave early, go make a hundred grand. And that was like that with IT as well. You know, I remember back in the late 90s, guys were ditching college to go work IT jobs to get paid lots of money. And then, of course, um, we had the, uh, the dot-com bust and whatnot. Not to mention a lot of people that were just going in to make money in IT, they weren't really computer literate, they were just going to uh, learning schools and learning uh, certain things and get them certificates and land themselves a job and because of that <clears throat> we got stuck with a bunch of uh, jobs that were contracted to hire because the, empl- the employer wanted to see if you you actually knew what the hell you were doing before they hired you. They weren't just going to offer you a job off the bat just because uh, you, had, you had qualifications. They wanted to see if you could actually if you actually knew the material. Not that you learned it, you got a certificate for it. You actually like knew it, and you have that capability to actually troubleshoot and whatnot. And you don't have to go off a do- off a, a pre-written document, which is what some departments do now. They you know. That make you do all this knowledge-based crap, and where you have to document every little procedure, every little process of procedure. And of course, if you have certain fixes, <clears throat> you have to document them all one by one, just so you know so and so can figure it out. Plus, it makes people more expendable doing that that way because you can uh, make it easier to get rid of them. So you're not, the, you know, so you're not too dependent on them. I mean, I, we had, I, had a, I worked with a guy who, um, nice guy. He was supposed to uh, train me for you know, to be his backup, but it turns out I ended up being his replacement because he was breaking stuff on purpose, just so. Um, we could rush and call him and beg him to get on the computer on his day off or wherever he was to log in and fix it. And then, of course, when we got rid of him, all of our network issues just went away. And then, of course, you know, when I was in his position, I was finding all the crap that he broke. And it wasn't pretty. But anyways, I'm, I'm trailing off the conversation, but... As 
far as the spring game goes, you know, it's really just a glorified scrimmage. And, you know, if you have a joke, if you're judging for football since the Super Bowl ended, this is the BCF playoff at, playoffs of it. You got that going for you. And it's, it's something to do during the day. You know, that's people in Pittsburgh. For some, if you want to travel, if it gives you an excuse to get, you know travel for the weekend and come connect with old pals and check out the university, and see all the new stuff, you know, all the new construction on Oakland, and if there's if there's any at all. So to narrow it down, take a look at the passing game, the offensive line. Look at that. Those were areas to watch. Of course, the defense. Supposed to be up ball hawks. And, of course, it's a, it's, it's a defense we've dreamed about it for years. But at the end of the day, it's a scrimmage. We won't, we won't know much really about it. Because year after year with Pitt, there's always some guy who always does great in spring. And, of course, does dick and when, when the fall comes around. Man, you know, next podcast I'll probably touch on Jeff Capel's hiring of his assistant. Supposedly, he's hiring his brother, and we'll get all of that. Like probably next podcast as well. But anyways, guys, I got nothing to really add. I got nothing. Hell to pit. Bye.